In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Today is the second of those four preparatory Sundays which lead us to Great Lent. And uh, we, we continue to consider uh, today the theme of repentance uh, in the parable of the prodigal son. Of course, in this parable, the man who had, who had two sons refers to God. The younger of the two sons decided that he wanted to live the good life. So he asked his father to give him uh, his inheritance early. According to Mosaic law, in such a situation, the elder son would receive two-thirds of the inheritance, while the younger son would receive one-third. Once the younger son had his money, he decided to move to a foreign land to live the supposed good life. As we know, this younger man wasted his money through a sinful life in this foreign land. In addition, that so-called green grass in the foreign land became desolate due to a famine. And this self-willed young man who had enjoyed the riches of his father was humbled to the point of having to herd swine for a living, an occupation that was particularly humiliating for an Israelite since the law declared swine to be unclean. Furthermore, he had to eat fruit from a certain tree that grows in Syria and Asia Minor, which is fodder for pigs. So we can see that this young man came to regret his decision to leave the love and care of his father and brother and to foolishly pursue a life of wanton pleasure in a foreign land that was anything but hospitable. Due to these circumstances and consequences of his own foolish decisions, this young man came to his senses. That is to say, he repented. He came to a point where he became painfully aware and he accepted the responsibility for decisions that had led to his terrible situation in life. He repented. He returned to his father in shame and humility and his repentance was deep and heartfelt. He says, I will arise and go to my father and tell him that I have sinned against heaven and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son. A beautiful statement, by the way, of what true repentance is. The consequences of his own sin as well as the calamities that came his way brought him out of the clutches of sin and pride and enabled him to return to his father, brother, and home. Humility, as it always does, became a place of refuge for him and the possibility of a second chance to experience the love of his father. One can examine this famous parable from many different angles. What stands out in a most dramatic fashion is the response of the father to his repentant son. The son left his father in an inebriated state of pride and selfishness. He returned in a state of defeat, shame, and dishonor. But he never forgot where he had been loved. When he was wounded by the circumstances of his misguided life, he remembered where his home was. And so he returned. And the father greeted him with open arms. This parable illustrates the limitless love of God to a repentant sinner. The father's joy was uncontainable as he embraced his prodigal son 
and ordered that a feast be prepared to celebrate his return. His son was dead and is now alive again. To turn away from God, which is exactly what we do when we give ourselves over to sinful passions, is the equivalent of becoming a dead man or woman. When we allow sin and the passions to reign in the inner person of our heart, we separate ourselves from our Heavenly Father who made us out of nothing and loves us more than we can ever begin to comprehend. In Him is life and no other source can be found. The shame of sin <clears throat> tends to make us doubt whether God would receive us kindly and lovingly. But He never stops loving us. To believe that he would not love us, that he would not receive our repentance and not accept us back into the fold of his family uh, is untrue. He loves us. He will never leave us, nor will he ever forsake us. We must be, un be clear about one thing. He never leaves us, but we leave him. And that is what happened in this parable, which is a paradigm for all of us in reference to our relationship with God. But the good news is we can and we must return to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. So all of heaven rejoices over the repentance of one sinner because in repentance we embrace God's life anew and we put to death the deeds of the flesh. As we have said many times in the past, we are in a war with our sinful nature and the forces of darkness. Over the past year, we've experienced a certain measure of isolation with the pandemic. No doubt, God has used this in different ways with each of us. If we feel distant from God, we can and must do something about it. In all of this, we must never forget that God loves us and is for us. But he has given us free will, and he will not violate that free will. He, the choice is ours. The opportunity is unquestioned, but the choice is ours. And we have to make that choice to return to God when we leave him. One thing is true for all of us. He wants our undivided attention so that he can lead us into communion with him while we are in this life and ultimately back to our heavenly home in his kingdom. So my dear friends in Christ, let us examine our hearts as we approach the great fast of Lent. Let us remove the vestiges of self-will that would in any way lead us away from our Father in heaven. Let us humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, who loves us and desires to bestow on us the riches of his kingdom, both in this life and in the life to come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen.